Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Welcome into the show, the DMD's Fantasy Show, live on our YouTube channel. Thanks for tuning in. If you haven't done so, please subscribe to the channel and hit the little bell notification to get notified whenever we have new content available to you, which we pump out all throughout the weekend. During the week, we're everywhere, seven days a week, basically, as far as the overall content goes. And download us on your favorite podcast app to stay up to date with the show when you're on the go. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. We got the uh, the birthday boy in the house Mr. Chase Thornton, how are we doing, Mr. Birthday Boy? I know the Packers didn't deliver you a win, but how are we doing otherwise? Packers didn't, but at least they were competitive for the whole thing, which I mean, they were isn't saying a ton. I mean, it was Steelers, but it was on the road. They were competitive. And uh, speaking of the Steelers, I mean, my Browns uh, delivered, did deliver. That was an exciting – that was a fun game to watch. That was a hell of a it comeback was. win for them. So that kind of made up for things. I'm not expecting much out of the Packers anyway. But uh, right now, the entire AFC North has got uh, inside track of the playoffs. So hopefully the Browns can keep that up. And now they've got, yeah, they've given themselves a little bit of a leg up after their big win today in terms of the division. They're sitting one back now of the of the Ravens. The Ravens look, Ravens are good, but they're, they're not unbeatable. So that should be a fun watch in that division to see how it shakes out the last third of the season here. Well, it's it's insane to me. First of all, I don't think anybody expected that game to be a shootout. Definitely no. 33-31 with those two defenses looking like the way they have over the past, you know, season, really. It's not even just a trend right now. The entire right. season, the Baltimore Ravens, the Cleveland Browns Stevens have been dominant. So absolutely man, untouchable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that was super interesting. The other part that's throwing me for a loop, it was the Steelers are six and three. They, like you want to talk ah. about a team that does not does not strike me as a six and three team at all. They've been outgained something like the last four or five games straight, and they're they're by their opponents. I mean, they're not a good offense in any way, shape, or form. Somehow, they're getting some kind of production. And they're not. They're not like a lockdown defense. defense. They're yeah. they're good defense. They're not lockdown. They, they just I don't know, they keep squeezing stuff out. Well, good it's for he just finds a way to get his guys to win these games, especially right. against opponents that are, I guess, on the same even playing scale as they are. And we'll, right. we'll get to see they'll, they'll start to play more teams in our division soon. 
Uh, and then we'll really get to see, okay, do you actually belong with these guys? My my guess is going to be no, but it, they're in six and three. There's Yeah, the whole AFC North, man, they're, they're, they're ready to go into playoffs. I think the Houston Texans are technically the seventh seed if things were at the end. Yeah, they may, have, they, may have, they may have scraped that today after, they, yeah, after their big game. Yeah, so I think they technically are with the Bengals just outside of it. But yeah, this, this is looking crazy. All right, so we got the course. We got the recap show today for week 10. We're talking about the Thursday night game, all the Sunday afternoon action. I'm not really too worried about the fact that we do the show during the Sunday night game and this week with the Raiders <laughs> and Jets going on. So let's go ahead and hit our heroes and zeros. Heroes and zeros. Zero, All right. First up, we got the zeros for the <laughs> Thursday night Carolina Chicago game. And my answer for who the zeros were us, the fans. My God, was that game just dreadful to watch. And what made it 10 times worse is coming off the heels of what was a terrible Monday night game the week before with the Chargers and the Jets. So it was like you had two primetime games back-to-back where you just wanted to pluck your eyeballs out. So us, the fans, were the losers, were the zeros, because we had to sit through a Carolina-Chicago game where nothing, nothing was going on. Did you have any other zeros this game? I don't necessarily want to call him a zero, but a guy that definitely disappointed in the matchup, Adam Thielen there. I mean, I had him ranked seventh coming into the week. I figured this would be a good matchup for him against Chicago. Uh, he ends up outside the top 30. Only him, he still got you double-digit fantasy points. He got you 10. He didn't kill your lineup, but you definitely didn't get what you were hoping for out of him. Uh, and I think it goes to show you, and, you know, this play into how we continue to talk about the, the developing narrative with Carolina and with Bryce Young, but... Until and unless Bryce Young can be more consistent and more consistently average, then Adam is going to be kind of up and down in material. He's not, he's not going to be somebody you can count on. He's vastly outperformed what you drafted him as, and you cannot count on him every week right. to be that top 10 like you can some other guys. And, and I mean, everybody's going to have a week here and there. Where it happens. But unless and until Bryce Young can get his act and his head on straight and they can figure out what's going on down there in Carolina, now the only team in the league with only one win, uh, until that happens, the rest of this offense is going to be really hit or miss. And you're never going to know from one week to the next who's, who's going to be usable even. Yeah, one one hundred percent. Let's talk about what the heroes were, because believe it or not, there was still a hero in this game, and his name was Dante Foreman. He wasn't just a hero; he was the only thing worth watching at all, and he even missed almost a quarter of the game due to an ankle injury here. But he still came out with twenty-one carries, eighty yards, and a touchdown. And I think we're going to have to start to ask ourselves: We expect Khalil Herbert to come back next week. He, they didn't start to activate him on Thursday, but he was listed as a full participant in practice every single day of the week. So I would just assume that he comes back next week. But at this point now, Dante Foreman, more times than not, has been very good. And without Justin Fields, this team needs a power run identity, it seems. And Roshan Johnson looks like he's the odd man out before Khalil Herbert is even on the field. So, Chase, I ask you this. Do you think we're going to get Dante Foreman, or do you think this goes back to being Khalil Herbert? You know, they really don't have anything to win slash or lose. Uh, but my comment or my my take on the thing is we've never seen Khalil Herbert in the NFL have to be a week-in, week-out, number-one guy, smash starter. Now, he had, he took over kind of like Alexander Madison and 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 
Dalvin Cook, where for short flashes, when we were missing the top guy, the backup guy could come in and he got us all excited and he gave us some usable fantasy weeks. And I'm, I am just as guilty of it as anybody, maybe more even of saying like, why are they continuing to play David Montgomery last year in, in, in Chicago? Why aren't they giving the ball to Khalil Herbert? He's more, he's more explosive. He's more fun to watch, but we've never seen him have to be that week in week out guy. Whereas we've said it repeatedly on this show and, and I've said it on others and in other platforms, Deontay Foreman, he has shown that he can come in and be that guy. Maybe not for long-term. I mean, if, if they felt in the NFL, like he could do a long-term, he would be somewhere signed long-term. But the last three places he's been, Chicago, Carolina, and, and Tennessee, we've seen him come in, step in, and be a full-time guy and fill out the rest of the season in tough circumstances and be the guy. And, and I think that the way he's playing now, he's actually been like the one actual reliable spark on that team. And they've, they've, he's been the one guy they can count on in any circumstance. I mean, DJ Moore is really suffering without Justin Fields on the field. Uh, Rashawn Johnson has not been able at first it was health. And now it's just inability to actually grab that brass ring. That's in front of him there. Um, you know, Cole Komet just kind of keeps drifting along and he gave you starter numbers at, at tight end today. It wasn't exciting, but, uh, Foreman's been the one guy that's been consistent on that team and been reliable. And I don't think that you mess with what's working. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And Khalil Herbert's already been broke. So let it ride, let it ride with Foreman. If you want to, yeah, if you want to displace Johnson and put Herbert kind of back in the role that he has played for them, go for it. What do you think at this point? That has to be the more likely scenario. Yeah. I can't see how you bench Donta Foreman in favor of Khalil Herbert, who had some slash games before he got injured, but was inconsistent in and of himself. And I think he would do better in that complimentary role. So I, I, I'm with you. Now we'll wait to see exactly what Chicago does. Unfortunately, we're not the guys on the field making the decisions, but I would think at this point, Donta Foreman still has to be the starter moving forward, Khalil Herbert working in potentially maybe as a top 36 option. We'll have to wait and see. But my point more so would be this. What do you do? You hold on to Devonta Dante Foreman. You hold on to Cleo Herbert. And if you're in redraft leagues, you're doing this to Roshan Johnson. Prepare to be flushed. And it's, it's yeah. hard for me to do because I love the guy. I was a big, big proponent of Roshan Johnson that held him in so many of my redraft leagues all year long. It just that concussion injury came at the worst possible time. Didn't get a chance to prove himself. And now, because Dante Foreman was so good in the meantime, they just don't seem like they're going to be giving Roshan the chance this year. Still love him in Dynasty, by the way. I'm not going on. But as far as redraft goes, I think you can move on from Roshan. As far as my observational notes for this game, you kind of touched on it a bit. The pass catchers for the Chicago Bears, without Justin Fields, they just... They're suffering. DJ Moore in particular is suffering. Cole Komet's been able to get by, but that ceiling is only there when Justin Fields is on the field, plain and simple. And we'll have to see what comes on the backfield. The, the other part of my observational note on the other side for Carolina is they need to give the play calling back to Frank Reich. It wasn't good, <laughs> but this is just dreadful. Like everything's within five yards of the line of scrimmage. I talked about this many times over the last two weeks with Adam Thielen and why one of the reasons why I had him on a down slope heading into the second half of the season. His A dots five yards. That that's it. He's not getting past the line of scrimmage. At least with Frank Wright calling the plays, he was seven, eight, nine yards, a healthy enough number with the usage he was getting. 
everything is getting squeezed even closer to the line of scrimmage since Frank Reich has given up the play calling. And Bryce Young has been worse over the past couple of weeks. So it may not have been pretty before, but to give Frank Reich the play calling back because it's not getting better. It's regressing, if anything else, right now. So those are my notes here. What do you got? Uh, you know, one thing I want to mention, listen, don't run out and roster this guy if you ha- if you don't have him already or whatever. But uh, Tyler Scott is kind of an NFL football player. He hasn't had a ton of of you know opportunities in that, but he's a guy that in Dynasty I wouldn't mind stashing a little bit. He's 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 an NFL player, and there's a role. There would be a role for him on this team if this team could get out of its own way and could pass the ball, and they could have a healthy quarterback once in a while. Um, but no, I agree with you completely that yeah, Bryce Young has not looked any better since this change nobody on that team has looked any better. I mean, they, they made the switch. It, it looks like they have fully made the switch now to Chuba Hubbard as their lead back. And even that doesn't, you know, it hasn't borne any fruit whatsoever. I mean, yeah, Miles Sanders is what, what, what was it? The 50, 50 to 38% in terms of the snaps yeah. that they saw the other night. But I mean, Hubbard saw all the work Sanders negative yarded. He, he didn't do anything with the touches that he had. Uh, but even that hasn't done anything for them. I mean, and if you if you can't move the ball, period, then you you need to really look yourselves in the mirror this week. You got extra time because you played the Thursday night game. Look yourselves in the mirror and figure some things out because it's uh, it's tough to watch, and I'm sure it's tough to watch down there in Carolina for the fans. Yeah, sure, 100. percent All right, so let's move to our Sunday morning game we had over in Germany, our last international game of the year, and uh, we had the Colts taking on the New England Patriots. This is another snooze fest, quite frankly. Oddly enough, though, I-, I would like to hit the zeros drop. I don't have any zeros in this game for two reasons. One, there weren't too many guys you were depending on. The guys you were depending on did come through with you. So I'll hit the drop for you, Chase. Do you have any zeros in this game? No, not really. Like you said, I mean, nobody really nobody really exploded in this game, but the everybody kind of landed right where they should have. Yeah. In, in I, essence. The only zero I could say would be if you thought you could roll Zach Moss for another week. That, that's that would that would be the only zero, I think. But it, you know, if you were paying attention to my rankings, I had him in the low 30s, not somebody I was trying to depend on this week. Anyway, maybe you're in a position where you thought you could get away with it one more week. So I will say Zach Moss could be a zero for this matchup. But let's switch gears. Let's go to Heroes. <coughs> heroes, nobody exploded, like you said. But Ramondre Stevenson, for the first time this season, got 20 carries. And back-to-back useful weeks. Yeah, a boy. It's a miracle. And also Michael Pittman with Josh Downs banged up. Yes. He's just as consistent as they come, getting double-digit targets, eight catches, 84 yards. So you know what? They were heroes for me. They came through for you. And Stevenson getting the volume is big time. Do you have any heroes in this game? Yeah, you know, Pittman, Pittman's been about as consistent. He had the one like kind of snooze fest against the Raiders or the Rams, pardon me, where he had the one catch for, for, you know, on five targets there. But outside of that, he has been double digit targets and he hasn't exploded, but he's been consistent and he's just been a floor every week that you can rely on. He's given you borderline, you know, wide receiver one, mostly what you'd think of as wide receiver two, uh, you know, production there. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm high on Michael Pittman right now. I think that Minshew's looking his way and as, as well he should be, uh, you know, saw a ton of targets again you know, this morning. Uh so yeah, I, I I definitely you know while not necessarily a hero performance per se, based on the rest of that game, he looked pretty superhuman. So 
<laughs> yeah, ag- agreed. Uh, Stevenson, by the way, played double the amount of snaps as Ezekiel Elliott. Elliott still got his touches, but that's the biggest gap we've seen. Still there got double digit points too. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, observational notes for this game: Mac Jones was benched at the very end of the game when they needed a touchdown to win. Now. Here's the thing. Bailey Zappi comes in and he throws an interception to end the game anyway. So as far as like, oh, no, is Mac Jones actually benched now heading into next week? I think this is a situation where we might be hanging around until Wednesday to find out who the starting quarterback of the New England Patriots is going to be. Because Zappi didn't grab the bull by the horns. But it's very indicative that they were willing to bench Mac Jones in a spot like that. So it could be one up. They just decide to go with Zappi. Now, if they go with Zappi, this is my take on it. We saw this a little bit last year already, so it's not like we're starting from scratch here. Uh, I like it better for Ramondre. Offense overall, I think Mac Jones is the better quarterback. I think he still gives you the best chance to score. But Zappi, we know, is a checkdown artist. And if you're needing Ramondre Stevenson to get targets, I think Bailey Zappi is his best bet. I know I just said Wednesday. I need to correct myself. They're on a bye week next week. So we're probably not going to know for another week here as this thing gets itself worked out over the bye. yeah, and the only other note I had kind of touching on Zach Moss, he's officially a handcuff, not a flex play, not an RB2. What else you got in this game? Yeah, no, the uh, the restoration of Jonathan Taylor to his rightful spot as, as king of that backfield, yeah, is is complete. Um, but yeah, you know, speaking of this this quarterback situation here in in New England, not that it's gonna make a whole hell of a lot of difference to anybody because by this point in the season, if you were counting on anything from that pass game uh, in your you know fantasy offense, you're probably sitting out of it anyway. Um, but I think, I think, yeah, Demario Douglas, who looks like he is the new number one. Now that, now that Kendrick Bourne is hurt, uh, probably remains a flex ish option. Uh, but you know, for, for real, what better time, if they're going to make the switch, what better time to do it than right now when you can give the new guy. And I know he's not the new guy, but you gotta, you gotta, you know, like you said, you got a bye week. You've got time now to put him in and, and really get him, you know, used to things. So I don't know. I'm not overly worried about it. I'm not going to be sitting around on the edge of my seat, you know, waiting to hear news out of Boston or Foxborough or wherever the hell they play no, up there that, that says who's going to be the starter. Yeah. But no, I agree with you. It's good for Ramondre, and I've got some shares of him. So I'll take that. Yeah, 100%. All right, so let's move on to our next matchup, the Houston Texans, Cincinnati Bengals. And this Houston's just find a way to put us in all kinds of fantasy wet dreams every single week, and I'm absolutely loving it, baby. I don't have a single zero in this game because everybody you're depending upon came through for you in a big way, so I'm going to skip right ahead to the heroes. And it's two Texans for me right off the bat. Noah Brown, eight targets, seven catches, 172 yards. Noah Brown is now a must-own and a must-play if there is any starting receiver for the Texans going to miss. So if Nico Collins is going to be out or Robert Woods is going to be out, you need to play Noah Brown. And keep in mind, the Nico thing, that might not just be a one-week thing. The the calf injury is a serious injury. We'll have to see exactly what his timeline's going to wind up being. So he's somebody might be able to pick up and play moving forward. Devin Singletary is my other hero in this game. No Damian Pierce. Finally gets going in this matchup. 30 carries, 150 yards, and a touchdown for Devin Singletary. This was big because Devin Singletary now may have established himself with a performance like this, which is far and away above anything Damian Pierce gave you at any point this season. And maybe even when Pierce comes back healthy, Devin Singletary could be the starting running back 
of the Houston Texans. That's why this was such a big performance for me. It may go down the track. What were your heroes in this game? Well, yeah, I mean, basically just what you said there in terms of guys that really outshot what we were thinking they were going to do. It's it's Brown and Singletary, but what a what a deep, talented roster they are starting to put together there in Houston and and, and pull. They're they're pulling everything that they can out of those guys. I mean, we knew Tank Dell was was a fun little player, and we heard all the buzz in preseason about how he was going to be, you know, how he was uncoverable. We didn't know he was going to be this uncoverable, especially when you take away what was ostensibly their top weapon in the past game with Nico Collins. Shoot, they just plugged Noah Brown in. They didn't miss a beat. And it does, yeah, it doesn't matter that Robert Woods has been pushed basically to the fifth option in that pass game right now because everybody else is producing and, and, and it's working. Dalton Schultz has finally, you know, finally looks like, you know, he he and Stroud finally got on the same page after the you know early season. They kind of looked a little maybe like they didn't know what they wanted to do with Dalton Schultz. But you know, again, another top 10 performance from him today as a starting tight end. Uh, and yeah, if, if Singletary establishes himself, you've got a guy that's been a starter on a top offense before as your new starter. And if he, if he goes down or if he's hurt or he can't play, or you want to give him, if you want to spell him, you've got a guy that started for you all year last year. What, what a great roster. And then on, on the other side of things, I mean, yeah, they, the the Bengals keep scoring even when even on a down day for Joe Burrow, he gave you top ten production as a as a fantasy quarterback. On a day he threw multiple interceptions and did not look great for a for the vast for the early going the vast majority of the early going there. Still gives you top top ten numbers. Gives you know allows Jamar Chase to still give you Jamar Chase type numbers. It was it was a fun game to watch. That was a game that was on every twenty seconds. They had to show that thing on on red zone. No, yeah, it was absolutely phenomenal. And and the notes that I have here, CJ Stroud has arrived. Plain and simple. There's no other way to sugarcoat it, no other way to come around it, no more wait and see on the guy. CJ Stroud has arrived, and he's a top 10 quarterback for me the rest of the season, by weeks or not at this point. And on the other side, the Bengals, we have to see exactly what happened. But Trey Hendrickson may have gotten banged up in this game, maybe missing time. If he's out, Sam Hubbard didn't play this week. He's been he was missing with an injury himself. If they don't have a pass rush, Cincinnati doesn't have a defense because their secondary is not very good. So we're gonna keep our eyes on that because they don't have these guys. We might be seeing a lot of shootouts out of Cincinnati moving forward. So that means make sure you grab and keep Tyler Boyd, even when T Higgins comes back from his yes. hamstring injury. Make sure you're doing all of those things. You're playing everybody involved. I mean, you're going to play Chase. You're going to play Burrow. You're going to play Joe Mixon. I get all that. But yeah, we got a lot more shootouts, I think, ahead of us when it comes to the Cincinnati game. So any other notes you want to add? In this well, one? and as far as Tyler Boyd goes, listen, there are not a whole lot of other number three wide receivers on in the NFL that can step in and be this number one. Ty- he gave you top 10 numbers today Tyler Boyd did and and you know, well it's a, it's a refreshing change because last year when he, he and Higgins he or Jamar Chase would miss time he still wouldn't produce for yeah. you this year's been a different story if Chase or Higgins has been out Tyler Boyd has produced in every single one of those games so he's now making himself somebody we actually want to target and make sure we have in fantasy football purposes and now we know when we can go ahead and play him so that's a big thing to take away there okay big time. Let's go to our next game. New Orleans, Minnesota. This one, I do have zero in this game. That's Taysom Hill. One carry, six yards, four targets, two receptions, 17 yards, and that was it. We talked about this on Wednesday. Chase, you weren't there, but this is what I was saying. Taysom Hill, 
fine. Unfortunately, yeah, I had to rank him inside my top 10. I, you had to roll with it. It was three weeks in a row, and, and it, just, it just wasn't going away. But I mentioned that we've seen spurts from Taysom Hill in the past before, and as, as terrific and as electric as those spurts could be, Every single time, they would suddenly turn away from him at some point, and he'd leave you with absolutely nothing, making Taysom Hill still the most unpredictable player that you could possibly pick to play in your lineup at the tight end position, and nothing has changed there. He is just as likely to go off next week or completely and utterly disappear. And now Jameis Winston might be the starting quarterback for at least next week. We'll have to see him find out. So that was my zero for this game. What was yours? Yeah, that, that definitely, after he had been, had been on such a damned run there, that hurt. Uh, the other zero I'll give almost more socially than anything. I don't know what the hell's going on with Michael Thomas, what happened with him, why he had to go and get himself arrested for throwing a brick or some shiznit like that. It's so, Contractor really either, pissed him off, yeah, man. Yeah, right? <laughs> hey, I've been pissed at contractors too, but I've never thrown anything at them, you know, until they left the property. What's these anyway. receivers in general getting arrested this year? How about that? Chris Olave yeah. early weeks ago. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean, a guy that, you know, you has been on the flex radar and has, I mean, he, he hasn't been anywhere near can't guard Mike and the Michael Thomas of four years ago, but a guy that you at least was on the radar goes out then today. And, and you know, after getting arrested, they looked like they didn't want anything to do with him right now. And it gave you, he was wide receiver 82 coming into the t- tonight. Well, I mean, he, he did come on. injury today. I, I do want to point that out. He did, did an injury right. and went back to the medical tent. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying there was a reason why he got nothing. An idiot. Uh, it, it wasn't just because it was just poor, poor performance. That's um, true. But th- now they're on by though, aren't they? They are on by next week. Yeah. So th- that might be a positive in Derek Carr's favor, but yeah, keep on definitely keep an eye on that Derek Carr thing. Cause as we've said before, Jameis Winston at quarterback is not necessarily great for Alvin Kamara as a running right. back. They don't necessarily mesh all that well together. So yeah, definitely something to to have on the fantasy radar here for the next two weeks if you're if you're counting on uh, if you're counting on the Saints here and we coming up in week twelve after the bye. Yeah, one hundred percent. We got a question coming in from uh, Chandler here: Trade Burrow, Mike Evans, and James Conner for Josh Allen and DeAndre Swift in a PPR league. So Chase, would you do that deal? Yeah, I mean, depending on what you're on what you've got at, at wide receiver, if you feel like you can make, if you feel like you can afford to lose Mike Evans the way that he's performed this season, yeah, I mean, you're coming away with I, I don't you're coming away with the better quarterback, you're coming away with the better running back. So I mean, I'm not I'm not opposed to it, but I want to know what you've got going on for you. Know, I don't know. <laughs> Fine. But there's I don't think you are coming. You might be coming with a better quarterback as far as the ceiling goes, but Joe Burrow being healthy now, there's not that much of a gap between Josh Allen and Joe Burrow. And the Buffalo Bills offense isn't looking that great as of late either. And it's led to Josh Allen having more disappointing performances than where you wanted him to be as far as your expectations are concerned. The other thing to this, people for I seem to be forgetting that DeAndre Swift hasn't gone off since September. Like Kenneth Gainwell is playing more. He's getting mixed in. It's more of a rotation. It's more of a committee. I don't think DeAndre Swift is necessarily better than a James Conner who comes in and gets all the work and looked decent today in his first game back. Wasn't overly prolific, but wasn't bad either. And They're Mike working him back in from being gone for a month. Yeah, right. I mean, he, and he Mike Evans been a wide receiver one all year long. I'm not doing this deal, Chandler. There's, there's no. It doesn't make you better anywhere. It doesn't make you better anywhere. And the Josh Allen, the Joe Burrow gap, it's not enough of a gap to give up Mike Evans for, plain and simple. Plus, not to mention, like I said, James Conner, DeAndre Swift. I think that's going to be a closer 
uh, ranking rest of season. In fact, uh, I got to look at the matchups moving forward. I know the Cardinals will still have a bye week in week 14. Week 14. And the Eagles will be done theirs when we come back on, on week on week 11. So I get that part. And the of Bills it. still have their bye week in week 13 as right. well. So, I mean, yeah, you've got, a, there's and a lot Bengals of, there's a lot of bye weeks Bengals going on don't. in that. Tampa Bay doesn't. So I, I'm, there's now, yeah, there's no way in my mind I'm doing that deal. All right. So let's go to our heroes for the Minnesota New Orleans Saints game. TJ Hawkinson. I told you guys when they traded for Josh Dobbs, he has been doing great in case you weren't paying attention to tight ends in the Arizona Cardinals. 31% target share is what he was giving the Cardinal tight ends. And now all of that is going to TJ Hawkinson, who had 15 targets in this game, 11 catches, 134 yards, and a touchdown. You love this, that you're not going to miss a beat now with Josh Dobbs if you had TJ Hawkinson. My other hero of the game was Chris Olave. Not a lot coming out of the Saints offense, but he still managed to go with nine targets, six catches, 94 yards, and back-to-back games now with a touchdown heading into the bye. Starting to look like the bye low candidate we said he would be on our shows over the last few weeks and starting to trend in that direction. So what were your heroes for this game, Chase? Uh, yeah, I, I agree with the two guys that you named, and then uh, we'll we'll throw Josh Dobbs out there as well. He's been a top ten quarterback in terms of total points all season, and he steps in his very first game. Uh, you know, you know, I know the last week happened, but this was his first week as the starter with an actual you know week of practice, and he was your quarterback three coming in tonight. I mean, what more does that dude have to do to to, to earn himself a contract somewhere? I guess. Um, hey. We said it was a great pickup for them in terms of keeping them competitive going forward. We knew it was going to be good, a better option than Jaron Hall or whatever else they might pick up for their uh, for their offensive prospects, fantasy wise. Played a very good game today, so I'm hey, Josh Dobbs, good work, keep it up, keep it up because uh, some of us would like to see Jay Jetta's back. You know, yeah, before the end of the absolutely. Season. And maybe in another week or two, but absolutely see him back and seeing that he can produce with this new quarterback. Yeah, uh, the Vikings are like the Steelers to me. Like they're six and four. I don't. I don't feel like I look at them and see a six and four. Five team, in a row. Well, yeah, five in a row. They're they're on a roll. They're like they're they're looking pretty for the playoffs. Their schedule is actually pretty nice the rest of the way too. Um, I didn't have really any notes to take out of this game because it felt like one of those games where it was just kind of like status quo. Uh, Hawkinson is going to be your guy uh, who Justin Jefferson, when he comes back, he'll be the guy Addison might fall to the wayside. Uh, we kind of already knew that was going to probably be the case. Maybe he's good enough to be a flex play, but we haven't seen Dobbs be able to keep two receivers relevant. And I, I don't know that he does this time either on the same side. Kamar caught the ball a bunch. Chris Olave was the main guy. I mean, maybe with the Michael Thomas stuff, maybe he fades away and it just feeds Mike, uh, Chris Olave even more moving forward. But we have injury stuff that we don't know about until after the bye week because they're going to have a bye. So we don't have much to take away from there. The only note I can give you of what you need to know about these this matchup moving into next week would be Alexander Madison picked yes. up a concussion issue. So with him, we might have to see if he's going to play next week. And in his absence, it was Ty Chandler who came in and was the man. Now, that could completely change. They could bring in somebody else, have him be a committee, because Ty Chandler's not somebody I think you want to be a bell cow back. He's not really suited for it with his size. But that was the case today. So if I'm going to have, if I'm going to pick up a Minnesota Viking running back on the waiver wire, it is going to be Ty Chandler 
this week. But it may only be for a week because, again, it's a concussion issue for Alexander Madison. So just keep that in mind before you start blowing all your fab budget. They also could bring somebody in. I mean, like they had Miles Gaskin in camp. They had him on the practice squad and in town for several weeks already earlier this season. What's to say they don't bring him back in just for an emergency for a week if if Madison can't go see out. They're going to sign somebody. Yeah, Yeah, they'll have to to, because Kenny Nwangwu and and Chandler can't carry the entire load. Yeah, 100%. All right, so let's go to our next matchup. It's your team. Green Bay Packers took on the Steelers. It was competitive, like you said, at the very least. But let's get let's get to our zeros first before we start breaking down that game. My zeros. I got one for the Steelers. I got one for the Packers. Deontay Johnson is somebody that ranked pretty aggressively coming into this game and even gave some people the advice to play Deontay Johnson over certain other receivers that didn't really work out this way. Four targets, one catch, 17 yards. Before this game, though, I still stand by my statement because before this game, Deontay Johnson was getting a 29% target share the last three weeks and looking absolutely fantastic. And the Packers secondary was absolutely banged up. So I stand by my process, but unfortunately, the result did not pay off in this one. Aaron Jones is my other zero here. 13 carries for only 35 yards. Six targets, only four catches, 19 yards. Wasn't even in. I, I Chase, maybe you know better than I do. I didn't see anything about Aaron Jones getting hurt in this game, but he wasn't even out there for that final drive. It was A.J. Dillon when they're in hurry-up passing mode. I, I don't know what the – unless unless he was hurt, we just didn't know about it. I don't know what the reasoning was for there, but he was another zero there too. So what were your zeros in this game? Yeah, nobody has any freaking idea what's going on with Aaron Jones from minute to minute either. I mean, yeah, no, I I, I agree with you that for at least one week here, uh, you know, Deontay Johnson definitely was was a zero today. I mean, he he'd been great. He still he still managed to tie for that, you know, the team lead in in uh, targets yeah, well, today. I mean, I mean as such as it was, I mean, right. four targets, but they just, they didn't throw the ball around all over the place. If he's going to get the weeks that he gets, and he's going to get more often than not, he's going to get the nine, 10, 12 targets weeks. He's going to be just fine for you. I'm not worried about him going forward, but today sucked. Uh, yeah. And otherwise, I mean, yeah, Aaron Jones, no, nobody has any idea what they're doing with him going forward. And you can't really count Christian Watson is a zero because by this point in the season, you should not be expecting not anything him anyway. From him anyway. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So, there you go. Um, yeah. So let's, let's go ahead and make a switch over to our heroes for this game. And my hero, my heroes, I should say was the Steelers backfield. Jalen Warren and Najee Harris. Warren goes for 15, one one a touchdown. Tackle on a couple catches for nine yards. Harris gets 16 carries, 82 yards, a rushing touchdown. Tacks on three receptions for 14 yards. This is a full-blown committee, but over the last couple of weeks, we've seen Jalen Warren and Najee Harris both be guys you want to have in your lineup. At the very least, it's flex plays, maybe even low-end RB2s, and they're both getting work now. What we've seen... What we've seen here is we've seen some changes on the Steelers' offensive line. Rod Broderick Jones finally playing his correct position as the right tackle, and the Steelers' offensive line is finally starting to get downhill. As a result, this backfield is starting to be productive and productive to the point where you can, I think you're going to be able to play Najee Harris and Jalen Warren both moving forward in your flex with some confidence. So those are my two heroes for this game. What were yours? In terms of actual heroic performances, yeah, those two. And also, hey, give a shout-out to Jaden Reed, who gave you borderline wide receiver one yeah. numbers today, too. I mean, he looks like he could and should be their, their, their number two option right now in that pass game. 
if you want to call Watson or Dobbs, whichever one you want to call the number one option, Dobbs has been getting more targets than, than Watson has been doing more with his targets. I should say actually too, than Watson has, but Jaden Reed has been pretty consistent performer. Uh, as long as they look his way, I, I think that kid, he's, he's got a good future, a nice future in this league. I mean, between him and Luke Musgrave, they've been, they've been much more uh, the positive development this year than, than anything that Christian Watson has done in his sophomore year. So. Yeah, yeah. The, the issue with Jaden Reed and why I'm still not going to have him in my top 36 is he played, you know, he's still playing well behind Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson. 35 snaps to 51 to Watson, 56 to Romeo Dobbs, 10 less routes than those guys. He gets the more production. He got has just as many targets as Romeo Dobbs. All of that is true, but the problem is that he's still not playing enough in an offense that has a lot of mouths to feed with a quarterback that I have a ton of questions about. Yeah. For me to feel like I'm going to be playing him in, let's say, 12 man or less leagues, deeper leagues, different story, but deeper 12, leagues, de- yeah, deeper yeah. leagues, definitely. I agree with you there. 12 man or less leagues. I don't know if I'm really itching still to play Jaden Reed, but to your point, he has been productive and something to keep your eye on uh, moving forward. I really didn't have any other notes for this game because everything was kind of ho hum. We knew the Steelers sucked uh, with their quarterback play and their offensive coordinator. We knew the Packers sucked with their offensive coordinator and their and their quarterback. They're kind of the same team from, from that standpoint. So I, yeah. I don't think anything changed in this game other than let's see that Aaron Jones come out with an injury because I just have no explanation as to what his usage was, especially at the end of that game. So you have any other notes here? No, not at all. Yeah, that's the kind of where I'm at. Too. I, don't, I don't like talking about them any more than I have to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. I'm okay with that. We get the Tennessee Titans and the Tampa Bay Bucks. We got to start off with the zeros in this game. DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, what a disappointment he was for me. I aggressively finally ranked DeAndre Hopkins in my top 10. Play him in like all my DFS leagues. And this guy goes eight targets for three catches and 27 yards against the secondary of Tampa Bay that had pretty much like none of their corners playing and couldn't keep anybody in Houston out of the end zone. And this is where we are. So we'll talk about why a little bit later. My other zero had to be Derrick Henry. We knew this is going to be a tough matchup, but 11 carries for 24 yards and then one catch for negative four yards. I wasn't expecting it to be that bad after we had some momentum rolling in the correct direction. So the guys that you were depending on for Tennessee, boy, they really dud out for you today. What were your zeros in this one? Yeah, no, I, the two guys you just mentioned were the top zeros there. And then I guess, I mean, somebody else you probably were disappointed in uh, seeing today was was Chris Godwin, who you're hoping for wide receiver two numbers for, and he was kind of barely on the flex line that you might have been able to play him. He didn't kill your roster if you put him in there today, but definitely not what you were hoping for from him. But no, Hopkins and Henry, and Henry just, he's he's not the sure bet, the sure thing that, that, he had has been in his past. It's it's very hit or miss right now with him. And Tajay Spears is not going away. Um, he's he's an explosive he little player. A little bit more. He's starting yeah. to touch the ball a little bit more. He's he's, 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 he's definitely been catching the ball more. Yeah, but, he's definitely playing snaps all year, but he's yeah. starting to actually touch the ball a little yes. bit. Yes, he's yeah, not so going away. No, he's not going away. All right, let's switch over to our heroes. And that would be uh, Mike Evans. A big reason why I said don't trade him away there, Chandler. Don't do it. Mike Evans, 10 targets, 6 catches, 143 yards, and a touchdown in this game. Mike Evans has been a wide receiver one. I know he had a couple down weeks before this one. I think now you can look at him and say you're totally healthy. We're over that, and you're a wide receiver one. Plain and simple. Perform like a superstar today. So Mike Evans, my hero. What was yours? Well, Rashad White giving you a top 10 day. I mean, when we at all, I mean, uh, there, I'm not going to 
beat around the bush. I had written off about a month ago. I I didn't see anything there I would want to add or to hold on to in, in, in fantasy football, but he has played pretty damn well here the last several weeks. I mean, Baker Mayfield had another good game today, found himself as a startable quarterback again, but Rashad White there after I literally had just let him go, you know, in, in my mind, just I was done with him. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's come on strong lately. He's come on strong lately. So good for him. Yeah. I mean, he's just him and Alexander Madison are so the same person. Like they're just so lucky. There's nobody really around them that steal touches away because they're so inefficient, but they're going to get the volume volume. and Rashad White's case. We we have like what, three weeks, I think almost four weeks in a row now where he's gotten six or more targets, like his passing work, which is what you were counting on the first place has risen back up where we were had a month stretch there where we weren't getting the passing down work and we knew he Mm -hmm. wasn't an efficient runner and it wasn't working out very well. That seems to be a thing of the past as of this moment and Rashad White is somebody that your plan is a top 20 running back every single yeah. no yeah his his like last four weeks have been have been very nice and and I, yeah I like that call yeah. but my, my notes for for the box since we're into it anyway is the same old same old for the box uh, Mike Evans is wide receiver one Rashad White's gonna get his work as far as the passing game concerns uh Chris Godwin's a wide receiver three because he just doesn't get utilized enough nor does he get red zone looks or big play looks the way that Mike Evans does because the way he's playing Kate Otten's not somebody you want to trust in fantasy football, and Baker Mayfield's not somebody you want to trust in fantasy football. So it's like with the Bucs, I look at this game, like this was a prototypical Bucs game. There's nothing new to take out of here. Uh, but on the Tennessee side, Levis, the magic seems to be wearing off, and he's quickly becoming the quarterback I thought maybe he was in the NFL draft process, not having a chance or a good head on his shoulders to necessarily process information very very quickly too much of a gunslinger with not enough accuracy not enough anticipation gets him in trouble quite often since his four touchdown performance a couple of weeks ago hasn't thrown a touchdown since and now we have to ask ourselves with deandre hopkins i still think deandre hopkins is going to be fine his usage with will levis even in like a game like this where he only goes three catches and 27 yards is still way better than what he was getting with Ryan Tannehill. So I don't think DeAndre Hopkins goes away, even if Will Levis continues to play poor as far as being a guy that you can trust and have in your lineups. So that, that doesn't change for me. But some of the Levis magic, maybe, maybe that's wearing off a little bit. We'll have to wait and see. They come back. Sacked there. four times again today, too. I mean, yeah. they, they, they had no answer for for Tampa no. Bay's rush. None, 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 none whatsoever. So any other notes you had in this game? No, okay. <laughs> not really. That's cool. Cause I want to talk about this next game. We got San Francisco and the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> San Fran looking like the team that we saw the first five weeks, baby. We'll, we'll get into it in a second. Uh, we do have to get into our zeros and uh, my zero note in this game is everybody besides Christian Kirk on the Jacksonville Jaguars side of the ball. Trevor Lawrence disappointed. Yeah. Travis Etienne disappointed. Calvin Ridley disappointed. Evan Ingram was a no-show. It was just Christian Kirk and everybody else was absolutely terrible. So pretty much everybody you trust on Jacksonville besides Christian Kirk, you're, you're my zero in this game. So what were your zeros here? I probably just took them off. Ah, Christian McCaffrey, you're going to get four shots inside the five. You can't get in the end zone. Come on. Guys Come on, running back five on the day, week. Yeah, no, I, yeah, you you hit it right there on the head. I mean, you suck. This guy. is a tough, tough ass matchup against the damn 49ers. So I'm we're not shocked that guys no. disappointed from Jacksonville, but yeah, to shock the way they did and get two points out of Trevor Lawrence. 
uh, it, it was was a vast disappointment there. And yeah, I mean, look, I, is it shocking? No, it's not shocking. But if you let's say you've been Trevor Lawrence fantasy guy and you're waiting for an opportunity for him to turn it around, they're coming off the bye. You saw Kirk Cousins, you saw Joe Burrow have really, really good numbers against the yeah. San Francisco team. Uh, same thing with Travis Etienne. Niners been giving up a lot of run gashes and he's been fantastic this been year. Good. No, with him, it's not like you have to worry about moving forward uh, because Travis Etienne will be will be just fine. And then Calvin Ridley side of the ball. Viders have also been a team over the last month you've been able to beat with wide receivers. And one of the worst ones, actually, in fact. And, you know, none of that came to fruition. Like I said, Kirk, who I actually ranked inside my top 10, I don't think he's going to want to finishing there. But I was aggressive on Kirk because of the matchup that he gets from the slot receiver right. position against this particular defense. He's the only one that comes through for you. But my, I guess my thing would be, and I'm, I guess I'm getting to kind of like the notes issue of it already before getting the heroes, but that's okay. Uh, Jacksonville, dude, they got two issues. So the first issue is the offensive line. If they play a defensive line that has any pass rush, they're screwed. That, that's the number one thing. That offensive line is absolutely atrocious. My other issue is I don't know when you're going to trust Trevor Lawrence in your lineup as a top 12 play anymore. Because yeah. even when he does have a – he'll have a good game eventually. But he's, gonna, he's now at the point where he's going to have to do it more than once before you can actually trust to play him in your lineups. Play, I'm playing it simple. Even though this was a t- the tougher defense, a tougher matchup. He's been terrible for fantasy football purposes this entire year. This is nothing new. So I worry about Lawrence being able to write the ship moving forward, especially since that offensive line does not have a solution, especially in the interior offensive line, to get better anytime soon. So until they start bootlegging Trevor Lawrence out, I don't think this thing improves itself with with Doug Peterson. And I, I just... That's, so that's what I would be worried about. I don't know if it improves that much for Calvin Ridley either. I'm going to throw that in there. Trevor Lawrence's best game this season as quarterback is 18 points. That was a Saints game, right? Baker, May- yeah. Baker, Mayf- yeah, Baker Mayfield's giving you that five times, and nobody's scrambling to add yeah. Baker Mayfield as their starting quarterback. I mean, should, stream him. Yeah, should, maybe. Should, but should we hit the dump button for Trevor Lawrence? It depends on what else. I mean, if, if prepare if, to be flushed. <laughs> Sam Howell still out there on your on your waiver wire? Yeah, I mean, I would. He's he's got a bye week in week fourteen still coming up, but he's given you more than than what Lawrence has given you this year. Look, I'm hitting. That's why I hit the dump on. I think if you're a twelve man league or less, I don't think you need to own Trevor Lawrence. I think you're looking at him as the same as you would any other matchup quarterback streaming option. No longer must start crying. It's, it's crazy to say. I still believe in the talent, by the way, but they're just he's he and that offense is not taking the next step up that you want to see. All right, let's talk about heroes because I have heroes. I have lots of heroes. It's all the 49ers, by the way. Uh, all of them, every single one, including Christian McCaffrey, who had over 100 yards of scrimmage, even though he didn't score. But George Kittle gets a touchdown. Brian Ayuk gets a touchdown. Debo Samuel gets a touchdown. Brock Purdy was absolutely fantastic for fantasy purposes. And again, like I said, McCaffrey gets over 100 yards. So everybody you want the 49ers, you always play them thinking, feeling like, okay, well, somebody might not go off, but I got to play them anyway. You got a game here. Everyone got theirs. It was absolutely fantastic. So those are my heroes. You got any other heroes in this game? Yeah, and, you know, Debo running the ball three times. In fact, that's where he got his touchdown. But, yeah, getting get three rushing attempts. I mean, again, you like to see that when, when they hand him the ball. That's nice. We weren't necessarily sure we were going to see a ton of that. But, yeah, hey, when they're if they're playing, when they play like they played today, like at the top of their game, 
they are right up there with everybody else in anybody else, I should say in the NFC. And, and there's no reason to think that, that they shouldn't be right there at the end of everything uh, when it's all said and done. And in terms of your fantasy lineup, there's no way that you should be sitting any of these guys. I mean, I know Kittle can be up and down depending on, you know, week to week and, and, what the scheme is that they're facing up against, but there's no way you should be sitting Ayuk. I'm higher on Ayuk than Debo Samuel, but he's still Debo Samuel. It's still this offense. He's still going to get you know, his still top 20 receiver. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you're still, you, every single one of these guys, you shouldn't be worried no matter who they face. Yeah. Just plug them in. They're yeah. In, they're rolling. The only extra note that I have for you guys on the San Fran side is that we're yes. Debo came back and that's a, that's a big thing. Um, but we, we, you know, Purdy's been there. Ayuk's been there. Kittle's been there. CMC's been there. The big key is Trent Williams. With Trent Williams is out yeah, there no. on the field, the offense, regardless yeah. of whether Debo's healthy or not, because this goes back to last year and even previous years, the offense functions the way it needs to function when it has Trent Williams out there. The outside zone running is out there. The downhill running is out there. The pass protection is there. He, and just his leadership in the locker room alone, but Trent Williams, if he's out there, then sky's the limit as far as the ceiling goes for the 49ers and their fantasy football outplay. And when he's not out there, that makes the biggest difference in the world for everyone involved. So that's why Trent Williams is so important for a fantasy standpoint, because that's how he's he's a difference maker on a football field. And if you're a difference maker on an offense like this, yeah, you're a difference maker for fantasy purposes. 100%. 100%. All right, so we got a question coming in here from Josh. Would you trade DeVito? Oh, God, God. <laughs> so he's got a 20-team PPR. Probably should lead off at that point. I'm talking about DeVito right now. Would you trade DeVito and Kittle for Kelsey in the 20-team PPR? Uh, he gives his roster there. Uh, I'm not going to go through his roster. Doesn't matter. I just want to say the other guy has Jimmy G and Daniel Jones, so he is desperate. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. It's Travis Kelsey. I, I know he's coming off of what was a, it was a bad performance before the bye week. I, I don't care. I haven't looked at Taylor Swift's concert schedule coming up, but I don't think it matters. I mean, Kelsey's about as uh, till the Super Bowl. She is on tour quite a bit till Super Bowl, but uh, yeah. But still, I yeah, I still like Kelsey's. uh, All your fault. The reason I even talk about this anymore, it's it's all your fault. You you've done this. I'm not dating her. Well, now I actually pay attention to it. It's it's, (laughs) no, you. It's you. It's your fault, Chase. Your fault. Uh, I have to keep up with what's relevant. No, you you do that trade. Do you that you trade do that trade. We, Kittle's up and down. DeVito's a nothing. You, you, don't you worry do about having trade. a backup running. I mean, I know it's t- twenty team. Don't even worry about it. He talks about having Carr and eventually still as a backup quarterback, even in a twenty teamer. I, I I know we're gonna get to the game too. I can't believe Dable came out and said like DeVito hands down is the starting quarterback until the bye week, not just next week. Until the bye week, at least week thirteen. Like hopefully Tyrod Taylor is able to come back. I mean. Whew. Play your defenses against the Giants. That's going to be the that's going to be the domination defense of the week. I have a feeling it's going to be. Um, let's talk about the Cleveland Baltimore game. Let's get into, let's get into that matchup. So my zero for that game had to be Mark Andrews because uh, almost everybody else kind of came up and performed, but he only gets the four targets, two catches for forty four yards. Uh, it was a tough match against Cleveland. You wouldn't be that surprised that his ceiling gets a little bit limited in that matchup, but because of how that game went. Yeah, you have to feel very disappointed with Mark Andrews not being able to capitalize the way, well, frankly, everybody else was able to. Um, any other zeros in this game? No, not not at all, not at all. He was he was the one, but like you said, I had him ranked at five, and I and that might have been even a little generous just because of the matchup. But uh, I mean, yeah, he's the only one who really didn't give you what you were what you were probably 
realistically hoping for. Everybody else showed up. It was a great game. <laughs> Agreed. All right, so our hero, or my hero for this game, Jerome Ford, 17 carries, 107 yards. He didn't score. He didn't go crazy. But Baltimore, who's been shut down against every running back that we've been seeing lately, especially in Baltimore. Remember, this game was in Baltimore. No one's been able to do anything against Baltimore in Baltimore, especially on the ground. And Jerome Ford, who has now looked healthy the past two weeks, probably played a little bit more ahead of Kareem Hunt than we had seen him play in a couple of weeks past. Looked fantastic in this one. I think is reestablishing himself as somebody that we could feel secure about being a top 20 running back when it was starting to get a little bit questionable there for a second, especially in a game like this. So my hero is Jerome Ford. What was your hero in this game? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I hesitate to say anything heroic about this dude. And it wasn't necessarily even because of his fantasy output, but Deshaun Watson came out and Hey, let him on a game winning drive against the team. That was the toughest defense in fantasy fo- against opposing fantasy quarterbacks. He gave you borderline starter production today in fantasy at number 13 on the day. Uh, so, I mean, Deshaun Watson, a glimpse, maybe that there is hope that he can be a shadow of the quarterback that Cleveland was hoping they would get with him. So, uh, you know, I'll get, I'll, I'll go with you. I'll, I'll second your vote on Jerome Ford, and I'll at least give a golf clap to Deshaun Watson for the day. Yeah, I, I'm okay with that. Uh, Josh, so you would still value Kelsey yes. way higher? Yes, after two 20-point, but yes, as I absolutely would. Kittle's up and uh, down. Kittle's up and down way right. more than Travis Kelsey. Is. He's going to explode, and then he's going to not. We, we know that. Uh, George play 01. Ravens OC should realize that Keaton Mitchell should be the RB1. I disagree. Completely. Keaton Mitchell, because you make Keaton Mitchell the RB1, he's going to give you the Devon Achan treatment, which is four games on the IR sooner rather than later. He's not built to be the RB1. Now, if should he be ahead of Justice Hill? Absolutely 100%. And being a compliment rotational yes. share with Gus Edwards, 100%. Yes, that should be the case. He's but a he's very not- nice, he's a very nice, different look than he- what Gus Edwards right. gives you. It's, it's a wonderful one-two punch there because they are right. so completely different. Yeah, I'm not, but I'm not playing him ahead of Gus Edwards, uh, even if I'm the Baltimore Ravens OC. And uh, he also asked, guys, should I trade Kenneth Walker after a big game? I'm worried about playoff matchups. Who could I try to trade for? Need another running back. It's first of all, it's very, very difficult to trade position to position. Okay. In the same position, I guess I should say. It's very, very difficult to pull that off. Uh, With Kenneth Walker, who's been a top 10 running back, correct me if I'm wrong so far to this point, especially in half point PPR. Trying to look it up now. Yeah, he's been, so he's been RB8 so far to this point. Uh, and I think after this week, he I think he definitely will. He had a good game. So he'll be staying in the uh, top 10 RBs. I, I don't know who I'm trading for. Kyron Williams is somebody that people keep trying to say to trade for. He doesn't have a great schedule no. rest of the way necessarily either. Like he gets the Cardinals when he comes back in week 12. But then you have Baltimore, Cleveland back to back right after that. Isaiah Pacheco starting to show his true colors. Uh, Alva Kamara, you know, Derek Carr is back and healthy after the bye week. I, I don't even know that's a deal you can necessarily. I, get I, don't, I don't know who you're going to be able to convince somebody to give up for him that you Here's actually one. want back and feel better Here. about than Kenneth Walker, though. Yeah, uh, actually, George, I didn't even see him actually put this in there. I was going to say Bijan is interesting because of his playoff schedule. It's very, very juicy. Now, here's what I'm going to say to you, George. When he comes out the bye, his schedule's brutal. He's playing five of the top five run defenses in the NFL, getting you to the playoffs. However, if you're in a position where you think you can make the playoffs in spite of the fact that he has some bad matchups coming up, his playoff schedule is very, very good. Another name I'd put out there is Derrick Henry. 
If Derrick Henry stays healthy, his playoff schedule is very, very juicy, having Houston twice in those three playoff weeks. That's somebody I think you could get a Kenneth Walker type of deal done for. If you can jump on it here. this week, yeah, you might be able to convince the Derrick Henry, Henry a bad performance. Maybe Brees Hall. I would like Brees Hall. I would I would definitely take Brees Hall over Kenneth Walker. Charbonnet starting to play a little bit more with that schedule. So I think Bijan, Derrick Henry, and Brees Hall. Those are the three names I think you can try to pull off a trade for there, George. So hopefully that's able to help you out a little bit. Uh, getting back to the Cleveland-Baltimore game. So the note I had here is just Deshaun Watson did pick up some sort of foot injury. They didn't say exactly what it was, but he was seen with a walk. He was, he was hopping. He was hopping even during yeah. those that last. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was seeing in a walkie boot after that game. Uh, George coming back here. Someone from my week wants Olave. Could I try giving Olave and Walker for ETN? No, I wouldn't do too that. Too much. Too much to give up. It's, not only is it too much, but Chris Olave, I get could be, I don't want to get overhyped here, but he could be a league winner with his schedule yeah. the rest of the season and the usage he has been seeing. Regardless, in his case, it doesn't matter if Jameis Winston or Derek Carr are the quarterback. No, he's set up either way. So he's no, I would I would not I would not do that deal. All right, let's get into our next game. Let's talk about Atlanta and the Arizona Cardinals. Let's kick it off with our zeros. And uh my zero, first of all, the Atlanta passing game as a team, <laughs> 70 yards. Passing. Taylor Heidegger gets hurt. He's got a hamstring issue. We had to bring Desmond Ritter back in. Didn't matter. I don't care who the quarterback was. It was absolutely dreadful. The other zero I have in this game, Marquise Brown. He's the man moved to my top 24 with Kyler Murray back. Should be the number one target more weeks than not. Still like Marquise Brown, by the way, rest of season as a top 24 or high-end wide receiver three type of guy. But only four targets, one catch, and 28 yards in this game. Not really what you were looking for out of a player like that. So who are your zeros in this game? Uh, not that you were necessarily expecting a ton out of them, or you shouldn't have been expecting a ton out of them in this game. The one thing that Arizona has proven they can defend is tight ends, but John Smith, uh, one point one, he literally was the lowest scoring tight end that actually scored anything so far today. Um, so yeah, John Smith would be about the only other guy that I would look at. Otherwise, like you said, Marquise Brown, I was hoping for a lot more out of today, especially with Kyler Murray coming back and especially with Kyler Murray looking actually, no, like he hadn't actually spent 11 months away from the field. So, yeah, no, he, I, I thought it looked pretty sharp. We'll get into that in a second. Um, my heroes for this game, Trey McBride, baby. Woo! Chase, you'll remember this. I've been spending weeks talking about the fact that when Kyler Murray comes back, I'm still all over Trey McBride. Like, I don't know why we think there was going to be a drop off in yeah. usage from Josh Jobs to Kyler Murray when it comes to the tight ends. When Murray literally put Zach Ertz as a in top, top five 12, tight yeah. end yeah. in the two seasons that he had him. Trey McBride, by the way, way better. Proved it today. Nine targets, eight catches, 131 yards. He was the number one target. He was the number one receiver. So Trey McBride, huge hero for me in this game. And when Zach Ertz is healthy enough to play, there's no way they go back to Zach Ertz. No, no chance whatsoever. Bijan, my other hero, 22 carries, 95 yards, finally got a touchdown. The only thing you're disappointed by is the two targets, I guess, but actually got a red zone carry. But like, like 22 carries alone. Like He's, finally. He split the red zone carries today with Tyler Algier. It's a miracle. And scored. I guess how that freaking works, Art. Here's the only thing I'm worried about, though. They lost the game, and they're going into a bye week. So does Arthur Smith go like, well, I gave Bijan more looks, and we still freaking lost anyway. It wasn't because he didn't I, score. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like your offense was in it. 
to the end. Look at the guy that lines up in front of him in the backfield. Yeah, your quarterback is just awful. That's just what it boils down to. But uh, look, I would love to say that this game means we're looking at Bijan usage like this the rest of the way. We should be looking at Bijan usage like this the rest of the way. He definitely caught a lot of flack, not just from the fantasy football media, but from all the media, all the Atlanta media, which I do think played a role in what we saw here today. Mm -hmm. But the other things that could have played a role, which is why I'm not necessarily jumping on the idea that this is going to be what it is the rest of the season. This was a homecoming for Bijan Robinson. He played high school ball there over there in Arizona. I wouldn't be surprised if that had something to do with it. Sometimes it does. Look, Bijan's very good. There's no doubt about it. He should be the bell cow running back. There's no question. But when it comes to Arthur Smith, we have to question everything. So I'm going to have to see him get this kind of usage coming out of the bye week before I'm comfortable with this actually being what we see moving forward, unfortunately. Plus, yeah, plus Arizona's terrible against opposing running backs. I mean, right. Yeah. Yeah, that makes it easier too. Um, so yeah, that might, so again, I mentioned the quarterbacks, Heineke at the hamstring, Desmond Ritter. We're not going to know anything as far as what Heineke status is or who the starting quarterback is going to be until a couple of weeks from now when we get to the week 12, cause they're going to be in the bye week um, My other note though, is that uh, Murray, his first game back, wasn't afraid to run. Six yeah. times, 33 yards, picked up a rushing touchdown at that. Uh, I, you know, we, we don't know exactly for sure. Pretty confident he's going to finish as a top 12 quarterback. I ranked him as QB nine this week. So definitely felt like I was on the money with Kyler Murray being a startable quarterback, his yep. first game back. And like I said, if you had Kyler Murray and you're waiting the whole time, whether you played him or not, what you have to take the comfort in is that he was not hesitant to run and looked just as fast, just as quick as he ever has too. on top of all of it in my mind. So Kyler Murray, uh, definitely a note definitely makes you feel good about him moving forward. What are your notes in this game? Uh, yeah, no, I, they need to figure out the damned quarterback situation down there, but I don't know that that's going to happen before the end of the season. I think they have to roll with what, what they have and uh, dance with who brung them and, figure out who they want to bring them the rest of the way because yeah it's not like Heineke's been some grand revelation since you know in any of the you know stretches that he's played for Desmond Ritter there if anything they should be leaning on that running game they should be leaning on Bijan um but yeah so many offensive weapons on that team they should be so much better than they are fantasy wise they should be so much better than they are probably realistically as well so yeah it's rough to watch but yeah watch it we will because you have to because what are you yep. gonna do uh we got a question coming in for au for life would you offer marquise brown david montgomery romeo dobbs for debo samuel and isaiah pacheco uh chase i don't know where you fall on this but this for me is a quick no because david montgomery is the best player in this deal even with Jameer Gibbs getting his touches now too. Look what he, yeah, look what he did today. I mean, I, I know we haven't talked about yeah, it yet, but yeah, it's, it's coming up it. next. But I mean, yeah, it, even even with the emergence of Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery is is too good. This is not going to be the the week in week out usage for Marquise Brown or the week in week out performance for Marquise Brown, especially if Kyler Murray continues to look like you know, look like this and better and it continues to improve. Uh, and like we said, Dobbs is the number one target earner, at least on that team. And from week in week, I mean, he scored again today and actually was a beautiful catch for the touchdown that he had today. He's got talent there. I don't think there's enough gained there by, you know, in any way, shape or form by just picking up Debo and Pacheco. 
Yeah, yeah. I guess in your mind, you're thinking Debo's a better improvement over Marquise Brown. I would disagree with that. I, I, they're in the same tier. They're a low-end <laughs> wide receiver, too, as Marquise Brown is more likely to be consistent as Kyler Murray gets more back into the offense because he'll be the one getting the target share alongside Trey McBride. So, no, I would not do that deal. Uh, yeah, so let's go to Detroit and the Chargers. Let's Believe it or not, I do have 1-0 in this game, despite the fact that it was a great shootout. Uh, and that would yeah. be Sam Laporta, just because... Of the shootout that it was, like he wasn't terrible for a tight end, but five targets, four catches, 40 yards. When you're watching literally everybody else on both teams or fantasy relevant go off, it, it leaves a little bit of a sour taste in your mouth. So I did have to say, Sam Laporte, a little bit of a zero for me in this game. Did you have any others? Uh, you mean Gerald Everett, even though I'm not a big Gerald Everett fan. Yeah, I mean, he literally scored you. Well, yeah, but I mean, you you come out of it with zero, hoping that you know you were you thinking you're starting up tight end there. He came out of it with zero. Joe Everett, though. I listen. I'm not. I am not fifteen. Like I and I was ECR too. I I I had him. I had him at fifteen. Yeah. I mean, I I wasn't playing him unless I absolutely had to, and I can't think of necessarily a situation where you absolutely would have had to. But you know, in a in a good matchup against Detroit, you know, you might have been able to to be persuaded to do it. And he literally, you came away with nothing. And it wasn't like, uh, you know, it wasn't like Donald Parham came in and did a whole hell of a lot. So, I mean. No, that's true. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, Sam Laporta didn't kill your roster today. Eight no, points. no. What? He, he didn't. We, well, so we, got, we got our heroes here. There's so many heroes to choose from. A ton. But the two guys I went with, Keenan Allen, 14 targets, 11 receptions, 175 yards, and two touchdowns. Even came out for a spell during the game because he had a shoulder injury, came back in, scored the second touchdown. And then Ahmad Ross St. Brown, nine targets, eight catches, 156 yards, and a touchdown. We talk a lot about Tyree Kill and A.J. Brown, the years they're having. Ahmad Ross only has two games this year where he has less than 100 yards receiving. He's been in phenomenal. No, so those my two heroes. Who, who'd you pick out in this one? Uh, the Detroit backfield, because even with Montgomery coming back, I think some people might have been worried that Gibbs was would, would have seeded at least backfield touches in terms of you know, rushes, and he outrushed him. He had 14 carries. Now Montgomery, you know, helped by the gigantic you know, touchdown run that he had down yeah. the sideline that they upheld. But uh, I mean, yeah. Gibbs did not cede anything at all to Montgomery, and yet Montgomery still came out, like we said, and gave you the production that you were hoping to get from David Montgomery and that you've been getting all season. So both of those guys in that backfield, I think, were you know, outperformed where I had Gibbs ranked. I had Gibbs as a, as a mid-running back two this week, and both of them gave you starter numbers. So it gave you number one type numbers. So the, the Detroit backfield was uh, was definitely the hero of the day or the heroes of the day for me. But then I've got Justin Herbert in about 876 <laughs> leagues and he finally looked like you know, the guy that I was hoping that he would look like. Also. Can, can we talk about that? Cause he was catching. I, I talked about this on the Wednesday show and the operation domination show, by the way, every Wednesday, nine 30 at night, you should check it out on our YouTube page and download on our favorite podcast app. But I was talking about the fact that he was catching wildly, especially in the fantasy football industry, wildly too much flack for not having a great game against a great Jets defense on Monday Night Football. (laughs) Like, and so like, I wasn't understanding, like, yes, I get it. Herbert, his ADOT hasn't risen the way we were hoping it would. I'm like, yeah, he lost Mike Williams week two, and they haven't had another deep field threat. They just got Jalen Guyton now, who used to be a deep field threat. We already talked about Quentin Johnston. He's not a Mike Williams type of wide receiver. He's a different 
type of wide receiver. You have to use him as such. So I just thought Justin Herbert, especially in the fantasy community, was catching way too much flack, especially when you consider that on a points-per-game basis, going into this week, he's QB3 on the year. Yeah. So, everything is just like way out of whack as far as the Justin Herbert hate going into this week. That's, that's no longer there. So I did kind of want to mention that the only note I have this game is like you said, the the backfield, the Detroit lions, because I think that's the only thing that you can really take from this game moving forward. That might be different than what you or didn't already know going into this matchup because we know we know Amon Ra's great. Justin Herbert's a top five quarterback. You're going to play Austin Eckler every single week. Keenan Allen, the whole the whole shebang. Laporta will have better days. Yeah. The only thing you didn't know is that now that Gibbs had established himself over the past couple of weeks with David Montgomery back into the fold, how is that going to look? And it looked exactly how Dan Campbell told you it was going to look. It's a 50-50 <laughs> split. Yeah. And because that offensive line is balls, they're both going to produce every single freaking week. And I'm either going to, I'm going to have one as my RB one, one as a high in RB two. I may have both these guys in the top 12 when weeks coming up, because that's what we're looking at here. Uh, Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery moving forward. So that, that's the only note I think I have that you could take with you moving forward. Do you have any other ones? Yeah, about- you guys remember when Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt were both top 12 running backs on the, on the Cleveland Browns, yes. you know, a couple years ago, you're about to that's get that. kind of what you got right here. A great, like you just said, a great offensive line, a coaching staff, that's smart enough to use both of those guys as as the weapons that they are and 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 interchange them. They're not going to not you know they're not going to not use them. This isn't going to be Arthur Smith in Atlanta, right? You know, flubbing yeah. up the weapons that he has. They, you know, they're 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 awesome. They're fun. They're going to be fun to watch. And, and even as a Packer fan, I'm I'm kind of psyched to see it because it's it's just such a it's, fun it's, story. It's hard and not the roof. It's hard to not like Motor City Dan Campbell either. Yeah, no, that's a good point too. He's All fun right. to watch. Uh, unfortunately, we do have to talk about this next game. The Giants taking on the <laughs> Cowboys. Uh, zeros in this game. I'm going to throw Tony Pollard on, onto the bus right off the freaking bat. Look, it's been frustrating for Tony Pollard to begin with. But at least you're going to this game like, all right, maybe he uses this game to get back off the snide. It was the Giants the last time he found the end zone and gave you a top five running back performance. So maybe this was your opportunity. And then he gets you 55 yards on the ground, nothing through the air, gets opportunities in the red zone, still can't punch it in, still can't score against the New York Giants, who just backs were broken by the first quarter of this game. It, it was very disappointing for Tony Pollard. He's definitely a zero for me, and you know you're going to keep playing him in your lineups, but he's kind of like I don't know what you're going to get. I don't, he's you don't still get, he's getting so much usage. You can't. Out. The volume is there. The volume is there, but what what are you going to do? He's he's eighth in the league in carries. He's 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 eleventh in the league among running backs in targets. I mean, the, the volume is there. The volume that we all wanted is right there that we had been and that we've all been hoping and begging to see for the last three four years. He's getting it. It's not that it's not there. It's not that they're not using him. It's just he's not doing a damn thing with any of them. Yeah. Uh, my other zero in this game was Saquon Barkley. Uh, look, I feel bad for Saquon. This is – it's not on him. I get it. But it's still at the same time, Saquon is somebody you're expecting RB1 production out of. You know he's going to get the ball a ton. But 66 yards, negative five yards receiving – even though you do this a tough match against Dallas, you're hoping the volume would get over the hump and give him a top 12 performance. That didn't happen here. But in his case, I just I feel more bad for him than anything else because it's just it's just not this is not his fault. Um, with that though, let's go to the, the heroes. Uh, the the heroes are real simple. Uh, it's the entire Dallas passing offense. 
everyone. Dak Prescott, 400 yards, four touchdowns, picks up one on the ground on top of it. C.D. Lamb was freaking lights out, nine catches over 150 yards. He gets two touchdowns, one on the ground in his own right. And then Brandon Cooks, who was probably not in anybody's lineup because he hasn't been very good, but 175 yards. What they <laughs> grabbed him for, what they signed him for. Yeah, they actually threw him the ball down the field. It was, it was a miracle. And Jake Ferguson even got a touchdown today, too. So he comes in as a top 10 tight end with what you yep. wanted him to be. The entire passing offense of the Dallas Cowboys was absolutely freaking phenomenal. Uh, my only note in this game, Chase, is that the Giants suck. And uh, oh, yeah. God. They're, they're, you don't want any, literally, you don't want any part of any of them. If you can get somebody to bite on Saquon's name right now, I'm gonna I'm gonna go here. I'm gonna say this: if you can okay. get somebody to bite on Saquon's name, or someone who is more consistent, legitimately, just because of the uses that he's I, gonna do. I, yeah, he's good. He's the only weapon that they have anymore because they don't have anyone to throw the ball. Even if we felt that any of their pass catchers, healthy pass catchers, were weapons, there's no one to get them the ball. Don't I would still rather have Saquon than Tony Pollard rest of the way. Right now I would. Yes, I would. But I'm saying if you can if you can move and get somebody to bite on the Saquon name for someone who's more consistent or who you, who we think has a better outlook or is on a better offense period, you might be saving yourself some headache by getting out from under the albatross that is this New York offense right now because he is literally the only thing that's going to be going for him. And if you and I and the American people know that he's the only thing going for this offense, opposing defenses are going to know that he's literally the only thing going for this offense. And he's not going to be seen. It's not like he's going to be seen anything but stacked ass boxes the rest of the way. Yeah. Here, here's a quick question for you because we we talk, we had somebody come in and talk about Kenneth Walker and what would you trade him for? Would you rather have Kenneth Walker or Saquon Barkley the rest of the season? I'm curious. Right now, rest of season, I'd probably have rather have Walker. See, that's where I, I disagree still because the usage of Saquon will still keep it more consistent. Walker, even when the Seattle offense is humming, is a very inconsistent type of fantasy football player because he usually depends on the big play. And Zach Charbonnet is getting a bigger role and getting his his passing role in particular. So Kenneth Walker is the right now. Right now, they're averaging almost exactly the same amount of fantasy points per game: fifteen point two to fifteen. Right now, Barkley's ahead of him: fifteen two to fifteen. But I don't know that I expect Saquon to maintain that going forward just because of how absolutely abjectly terrible the rest of this offense is around him, whereas the offense around Kenneth Walker hasn't changed. I mean, he's still got every, they've still got everybody else that they had before. I'm, I would be, I would be very happy to get out from underneath Saquon for someone else that that could be more consistent the rest of the season. I think, and I hate saying that because I liked Saquon early in the season and I I loved him coming into the year and I like him as a player better than Kenneth Walker overall. This situation makes me really, really. Here's really, what I would really say, really and, and maybe maybe I would change my tune a little bit on on Saquon. So the one, the Giants have a bye week ahead of them. Seattle does yes. not. Like and we're just talking about this in in the cone yes. of Saquon and, and Kenneth Walker. Uh, they have the Patriots next week. I'm sorry, no, they have the Commanders next week, and they have the Patriots after that. So those are two matchups where I expect Saquon to be pretty decent. Then they have the bye week, week 13. The Packers decent matchup, but then you get the Saints. The Eagles and the Rams. That's your playoff schedule. That's not a great yeah. playoff schedule. So, uh, from now, Kenneth Walker's isn't much better. That's one of the reasons why one of our our, our viewers here today was trying to talk about trading off Kenneth Walker. Right. 
but they are on a better team and a better offense. So I think it's still going to be close. I think I think I would not make the move for like a Kenneth Walker type, but it also gives you the idea of like, all right, that means you're still a top twelve running back. So pick pick your battles. Right now, like I said, I'm yeah, I'm not moving him for a, a bag of chips and a, and a wide receiver too. Uh, but but if I found somebody, if there was somebody out there who was willing to bite on Saquon's name and give me back something. Yeah, I do it I, for Derrick Henry. I'm, t- I'm trying yes, to yeah, exa- exactly. Exactly. Henry I would do it for Derrick Henry. Exactly. Um, yeah, some guys like that. So from that standpoint, maybe maybe kind of poke around a little bit. All right, let's get to our last matchup for today, and that was the Washington Commanders against the Seattle Seahawks. We'll talk about them a lot anyway. I do have a zero, and my zero is Jahan Dotson, who's something zero. that people were trying to play this week. I still had him outside my top forty. And uh, Chris and I actually, I think it was actually off the air. I don't think we were on the air for it, but we got kind of into it back and forth with Jahan Dotson. Because I'm like, listen, if Curtis Samuel plays, which I thought he might, and he did today, then I don't want to play Jahan Dotson. It's been like this all year long. If they're out there, Terry McLaurin gets going to get his, and you have no idea who else is going to get theirs. This is pretty much how it's worked out. Curtis Samuel comes back. He out-targeted Jahan Dotson this game. Dotson only two targets. Nothing to show for it whatsoever. You can't trust them. As much as the commanders are throwing the football, you cannot trust anybody not named Terry McLaurin as far as an action game the usage that you want to see. So that was my zero for this week. What was yours? Yeah, no, I mean, you could have given Terry McLaurin a zero if you wanted to, but at least he scored you something. He didn't give you the right. wide receiver two numbers you were looking for, but John Dawson literally gave you a zero. So, yeah, I mean, you, you, can't be, you can't be in any way, shape, or form happy about that. Everybody else in the game gave you something. Gave yeah. you either exactly what you're hoping for, or actually maybe outperformed it in well, at least a couple of cases. Way outperformed it. Yeah. I'm gonna say, especially let's just switch to heroes because I want to get to this guy, <laughs> yeah. Brian Robinson. Brian, okay, Brian Robinson, 119 yards receiving. Not, career not- highs and career highs in targets, catches, and he had never seen six targets in a game. He'd never caught six targets, obviously, in a game. And 119 yards is like twice what he had in past. I don't think this means that suddenly uh, Brian Robinson is going to be heavily involved in the passing game. Antonio Gibson even got a receiving touchdown in this one. He showed you can do it. It was the right, but he did show you could do it. And this establishes maybe more of a usage in that area. His floor is going to rise. And the one nice thing about Brian Robinson has been that he's a safe top 24 floor to begin with. Mm -hmm. So now we get some passing usage going along and this game at least proves you can do it. I'd be interested. But yeah, 119 yards receiving. Absolutely crazy. My other hero is Geno Smith because he was somebody who I had in my top 12 going into this week, had been really rough, was told by a few people that I was crazy because of how bad he was the week before against Baltimore in Baltimore. And like, oh, you can't trust him. Like, the commanders are completely different team here, people. It's a totally different story. So, yes, Geno Smith showing you he can still be a streaming option if, in fact, the matchup is good there. All right, so we got Clap Nuts. Love the name. Uh, asking a question here. Is DJ Moore a buy? Got to think this dude feels it's coming back soon. That's the problem. We don't know. We don't know that. That's the so on Thursday nights, and we might have to take a couple weeks off here soon because I'll be going on vacation, so I don't know if I can have Brian Scott on Thursday nights. But every Thursday night up until this point, we have Brian Scott, the injured list podcast on. He's a medical professional. Fantastic. And he has echoed what I've heard from other medical professionals echo, which is they think the Bears have not handled the Justin Fields injury well with the dislocated thumb, that they should have gotten surgery and gone on the IR and come back in four or five weeks fully healthy and ready to go. And that the fact that they did not, and now it's already been a month that he's been out anyway, 
is not a good indication for him. Now, the idea is not that Justin Fields will not come back at all. The idea is that when he does come back, he is very high risk for re-injury. And Brian floats the idea that he's not so sure Justin Fields can make a comeback this year, period. So that's something to kind of keep an eye on. For that reason, I'm trusting my medical experts around me who have made great calls in the past. For that reason, DJ Moore has not been a buy low for me because I'm worried about do we see fields? And if we do see fields, does it matter? Remember, it's a throwing thumb. He could be a completely different kind of quarterback out there if he's not gripping that ball the way he normally does. As a guy with a lot of DJ Moore because I liked him a lot coming through in, in redraft this season. It's a guy with a lot of DJ Moore. If you have DJ Moore, you're going to feel obligated to play the dude. You're going to, you're going to feel like you have to put him out there you know, in your lineup. And if you've put him out there in your lineup, you have got literally nothing out of him for a month and a half. Remember back in the black and white days in week five, that model T Fords and stuff, he had eight catches on 10 targets for 230 yards and three scores. Since then, He has not seen 10 targets in a game once. He has not scored a single touchdown in all that time. And guess what? He barely has 230 yards receiving combined since week five. And what does that coincide with? You know, into a large part of it, it coincides with Justin Fields getting injured and then having to play with Tyson Badgett. Secret Bajant man is not the answer there for them that uh, I think a lot of people were hoping that he would when he came in and, we all, everybody loves a backup quarterback till the backup quarterback yeah. has to be the starter. Shows that he's actually the backup quarterback. No, you've gotten 10, 5, 9, 13, and 10 points out of DJ Moore the last f- six, five weeks. I, I, and today was not, yeah. You do not want to have to go out and then deal with that headache all the time. And you're going to have to give something up for DJ Moore. Right. Because everybody's going to say, well, look at week five and look at who, how, where I drafted him. Like, I don't think you're at the point with DJ Moore where you're, you're paying 50 cents on the dollar and getting the guy. No. They're probably paying money. No, nobody's going to take that. And that's not low enough with the questions around Justin. And you Field don't right. want to have to deal with that headache, dude. All right. So let's, let's get back to that Seattle Washington game. And I have, so I have a couple of notes. The first one is Sam Howell is the perfect fantasy quarterback. And what I mean by that is that he makes enough mistakes. Where the commanders can, with the commanders defense on top of it, you know, being a, a laid out city that you can just throw on all day long, the combination of that puts the commanders in lots and lots of negative game scripts with Eric Bieniemy, who's shown that he wants to throw the ball a ton anyway, and he winds up being the perfect fantasy quarterback. He runs a little bit and can get you that twenty to forty yards rushing any given week. He is being prolific when getting three hundred yard passing games, two three touchdown games with you know the forty plus pass attempts that this guy's been doing. He's just the perfect fantasy football quarterback where you picked him up off the waiver wire and you can play him and expect top ten production out of him. Every single week. So that's what I mean by when I say that Sam Howe is the perfect fantasy football quarterback. Uh, the other note that I have is the Seattle offense finally getting back on track. This is something to watch. Now, Seattle is about to go into the tough part of their schedule. Meaning, you know, definitely they have San Francisco twice over the next like four, four week period for, for, for one. But they're about to go to a tough part of their schedule. Can they take this game? which they finally got pretty much everybody involved that they would want to get involved and start moving forward in the right direction to the Seattle offense we wanted to see. Most of that comes down to Geno Smith because so far, whenever he's played a competent defense, he's looked like the journeyman Geno Smith, not the Geno Smith that we saw last year. But if he can get back to playing a little bit closer to what he was last year, we need guys like Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Kenneth Walker, maybe even some upside out of Jackson Smith and Jigba. 
they need to use this game to move forward. I think that's a big question. Can they use this to get back on track? So what were your notes in this game? Uh, yeah, no, I, I, Gino, you know, he, he even took off on that 13 yard run on a, on a big drive there for him. Uh, Zach Charbonnet look is a truck. He he's a, he's a fun player to watch. I wish he could get more help, but it's the same thing that we, uh, we were all sad about right after the draft is that all of the running backs that we were so excited to see, to watch play in the league, went to freaking teams that already had running backs and Charbonnet was no exception, but he, he's fun to watch. Uh, it would be really cool if one or, you know, one of those guys could get freed somewhere else or whatever, but it, you know, I digress. Um, yeah. Sam Howell, like you said, perfect fantasy quarterback, just mobile enough to make things happen. Kind of guy that, yeah, I mean, Hey, you picked him, like you said, you picked him up off the waiver wire. So you paid nothing for him. You can get a bunch of great production for him. You might be able to, if you picked him up and you've got Trevor Lawrence, you don't have to have Trevor Lawrence you know, anymore. I mean, I realize you've got a week 14 buy to deal with, but again, maybe you can get something of value for him somewhere else. Take the top 10, take the top 10, top 12, you know, floor with how a week in and week out and upgrade your roster somewhere else. So good. You know, it, the commanders have been, weirdly fun to watch even though i had no expectations for them coming into the year oh they have been as uh, of such yeah. look i i'm gonna i'm gonna bite on sam Howell. i still don't know if he's like a, a franchise quarterback no, but at the same time for now though it's way better than what i anticipated him to be uh, yes. so I, I will bite the l on that one bryce coming in k9 kenneth walker he's talking about there uh sketchy to me zach coming from look that's <laughs> very good he should get some touches kenneth walker is still very very good though let's 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 not get this twisted very explosive running back um, that does it for today's show. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure you're downloading us in your favorite podcast app and stay up to date with the show when you're on the go. Make sure you're subscribing if you haven't already done so to our YouTube channel. Hit that little bell notification so you get notified whenever we have new content available to you. We're going to be back live Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. with the Operation Domination episode, the full preview for week 11, because we're getting real close to our playoff matchups pretty soon. Also, make sure you follow us on social media, at Show on X, and of course, MDFF Show literally everywhere else, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, whatever you want to call it. Uh, just make sure you follow us along here. We got a ton of uh, stuff coming for you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, hey, comments coming back about what's going on with uh Aaron Jones. Yeah, it's it's rough. We talked about that a little bit earlier. All right, guys, uh, make sure you check us out. Check out Chase Thornton on social media as well. Always catch him Sunday night or Sunday morning, excuse me, on Billy Fantasy Live too. We'll see you guys on Wednesday. Everybody take care. <laughs>